This is Chris Hargraves from tipsforlawyers.com and welcome to the Tips for Lawyers podcast episode 17. It being episode 17, you can find the show notes for today's episode at tipsforlawyers.com slash podcast slash 17, which is the new format. If you've listened to ones in the past, uh, it is following a different format now. So just follow those links. Uh, Otherwise, you can just go to Tips for Lawyers and have a look at the podcast link and they'll all be there anyway. So they're pretty easy to find. But today I wanted to have a talk about something that comes up, I guess it's a decision that a lot of young lawyers start to think about uh, when they start to get that wanderlust as they uh, have finished their study. So you've done, if you're in Australia at least, you've done 12 years of school, then you've done four or five years of university study, maybe you've then done another year of practical legal training, and maybe you've done a couple of years of work as a solicitor, and all of a sudden it hits you that for the last... 20 odd years, you haven't gone anywhere or done anything. And so what you start to think about is, what about going overseas? Certainly jobs for lawyers overseas. Uh, It doesn't really matter where you are. There are jobs overseas, whichever country you're in. Uh, And the question is, is it worth it? And one of the more fundamental questions is, is it going to be good for your career? Or is it going to be damaging for your career? Or is it going to be neutral? So I wanted to explore a few of the pros and cons today about travel for lawyers, and in particular, uh, going to work overseas for a longer stint. So I'm talking sort of six months, 12 months, maybe a couple of years, if you happen to have an opportunity to go somewhere abroad and ply your trade in an overseas jurisdiction. Because there are a few factors to consider. Uh, I didn't choose to do it myself, so I can disclose that I have not traveled overseas to work. Certainly, I started to give it some serious thought at one point. Uh, but various things came up, like uh, the um, apparent arrival of a third child coming into our lives sometime pretty soon. So it did become a little bit more complicated to go overseas at that point, and we decided not to. However, however, there are a lot of options available, certainly a few less now than there were in the past. Uh, pre-global financial crisis, it was all the rage. In fact, a, cu- a couple of firms I worked at, basically every lawyer that hit two or three years post-admission would all of a sudden fly off overseas. It was becoming quite irritating, actually. A lot of Australian firms were finding there was a big gap in their experience level because so many of their sort of mid-level lawyers were going overseas to get some experience and some travel and so on. So the question is, should you do it? Should you not do it? What are the pros and cons? And I think the first thing you need to do if you're thinking about this is to ask yourself why and be honest about the answer. Because as we work through the things today, what you'll probably start to get a sense of is that you might be rationalizing a little bit. Really, the fundamental reason to go overseas uh, has to be analyzed. Why do you want to go overseas? Is it because of the money? Is it because of the opportunity? Is it just because you want to see overseas and it sounds like a bit of fun? Be honest in answering why you want to go overseas and let the other things fall after that. Don't give yourself some sort of fictitious reason about why overseas might be fantastic for you when in reality, as we'll start to see, it might be a little bit up and a little bit down or a little bit sideways in some areas as well. So do ask yourself honestly and answer the question properly, why is it you are thinking of going overseas? First things I wanted to have a look at are some of the benefits of going overseas to work as a lawyer for a little while. And the first and most obvious one is that it's fun. Uh, Going overseas is fun. Seeing new places is fun. You get to meet new people. You get to go to new countries, new cities, explore new cultures. 
you get to have a bit of an experience in other areas and frankly it's a bit of an adventure and we all do like adventure especially as lawyers because we don't get a lot of it in our day-to-day lives so that is really a core reason and a core benefit frankly to going overseas. The next is that so far as your legal career is concerned it offers you some perspective One of the things I think that a lot of young lawyers haven't gained until far more years into their professional careers than they used to is some perspective about how businesses function, about how we fit in to the overall scheme of corporate entities or personal lives. And one of the things overseas can do is to give you a bit of a broader perspective about how lawyers function. Certainly if you're going to, uh, let's say you're in Australia and you might go to Europe, you might practice in England for a little while, for example. That can give you some exposure to a very different way of functioning, some very different business models. Okay, the practice of law is similar, but it's certainly not identical. So that perspective on how different people think in business, how different lawyers approach different problems, and the things we take as norms here, perhaps not being accepted as norms overseas. So they can offer you some broader perspective that is certainly going to benefit you if you can figure out how you want to function as a lawyer and how you want to interact with people as a lawyer, that change in perspective can give you some more opportunities to start to figure out what kind of lawyer it is you want to be as you go on in your legal career. Now, the third benefit I wanted to have a talk about today was the money, because depending where you're starting, there can be some attractive overseas offers so far as money is concerned. In Australia, you've probably had a look at some stage or another, at some of the uh, salaries that are available in America, certainly in the major cities in America, and probably you've had a look as well in some of the salaries that are available in Europe. If you've searched more abroad, you might have had a look at the Cayman Islands and some nice, uh, mostly tax-free salaries that are available in some of those areas there too. But there certainly are some attractive salaries available. Now, I'm sure you know this, but I'll say it out loud anyway. You need to temper those very attractive looking salaries with the fact that often living expenses are pretty high as well. So by the time you take out rent, by the time you take out travel, by the time you take out certain things that you need to account for the costs of, the salaries become slightly less attractive, not necessarily uh, unattractive, but certainly less attractive than they look at first glance. So you do need to factor that in. I'm sure you've already thought of that one, so that's really a bit of a no-brainer. So those are the benefits, really. Uh, I think that overseas travel, they're, they're the main benefits. Certainly, if you're honest, they're usually the reasons you want to go. Someone called you, they said they had an opportunity, they offered you a whole bucket load of money, and you thought, well, why wouldn't I travel overseas on someone else's dollar, collect a bit of money, hopefully put some aside, see a bunch of different countries, eat some good food, and then come back to Australia and carry on. The downsides, however, need to be taken into account because there are some downsides in taking your practice overseas for an extended duration. And the first one I wanted to talk about was your network. Now, I've spoken before and certainly I've written before, and I'll put a couple of links in the show notes to building your network and the importance of it. But as a lawyer, the people you know and the relationships you develop in your formative years are going to form the foundation for your ongoing legal practice. And taking yourself out of your primary picture, and I'm assuming here that you're not going overseas permanently. I'm assuming that your intention is to go overseas for a stint and then come back and intend to sort of slot yourself back into legal practice in your original country. So 
be aware that for that period that you are not in Australia, you will probably maintain some of your contacts, but you certainly won't maintain all of them and probably you won't be building them. So what you will come back to is an environment where you're going to have to push a lot harder, you're going to have to hustle a bit faster to be able to catch up with some of your peers who have the same amount of post-admission experience as you when it comes to networks and contacts because you are missing out on many, many opportunities to build relationship. You're certainly missing out on opportunities to build relationship with potential clients, with potential referrers, and also within the industry because reality says that despite the prevalence of social media and your ability to contact people in overseas and maintain relationships to an extent, you're probably not going to do it. Let's face it. You're going to go overseas. You might send the occasional email, post a thing on Facebook, get a few comments here and there, but you're probably not going to be building serious professional relationships with people as much as people who are able to have coffees, who are able to have lunches, who are able to have that face-to-face time. So you are going to miss out on some opportunities there as well. Connected with that, but not identical to that, is the fact that you are going to fall behind in the law in your own jurisdiction. Now, I know that there are some similarities between different countries, but you're not going to stay up to date in the law in many, many areas. And I'm not just talking about the substantive law here. I'm also talking about the procedural law as well. Uh, And I'll give you an example, I guess. Uh, Taxation law, clearly between different countries. And frankly, if you can go over and hit the ground running in taxation law in another country, then you're a smarter person than I am. But that is one example where whatever experience you get is unlikely to offer you any technical benefits. And so the reality is you're going to be less advanced technically than your peers. Now, once again, you can catch up. It's not necessarily impossible to catch up. And, you know, if you're quick enough on your feet, then you might do it very fast. But you're going to fall behind. And when you get back to the country, you're not going to be treated the same. And you're not going to have the same technical expertise as your colleagues. But you're also going to fall behind in terms of procedural law. It takes a long time. Let's say you're a litigation lawyer. It takes a long time to learn the court procedures. It takes a long time to learn the court rules. It takes a long time to have those become second nature so that you can actually just do things without having to spend too much time on them in the procedural department. And you will be missing out on that. And if you're away for a couple of years, think about how much you've learned. Let's say you're two years post-admission now. Think about how much procedure and law you have learned in the first two years of your practice. Add another two years to that. Assume you're going to carry on in a similar curve and then think how far behind you will be because you will be learning practice and procedure and you will be learning law in a different jurisdiction. Now, of course, there's going to be some similarities from time to time. If you're practicing in contract law, maybe sometimes in building and construction, there are going to be some similarities in different areas of law, particularly if you're going from a common law country to a common law country. So if you're going from Australia to England, say, then there are similarities. But if you're going from Australia to America or vice versa or some other European countries, or maybe you're going to China, maybe you're going to Singapore, there are very different jurisdictions around the place. And the methods and practices and habits and procedures that you take as second name now will very quickly be lost as you have to learn the new ones. And then you're going to have to learn them all afresh when you get back. And you may or may not come back into exactly the same practice area as you are working in overseas because it might not be too transferable. So 
be aware of the reality of what you are losing when you take up the opportunity to go overseas. You will lose the contacts or at least you will fall behind so far as your ability to build relationship and again you can catch up but you will also fall behind in the law and you will fall behind in procedure. Again it's dependent a little upon what area you work in but the fact is you're taking yourself out of the environment that you're practicing in for a couple of years to do something else. So you need to weigh up those benefits versus those detriments. The benefits are certainly tangible. So I don't want to sound like I'm saying you shouldn't go overseas, but I'm saying you need to consider the pros and cons properly. Now, if you're prepared to take that risk, especially if you're young, you can bounce back. Maybe you're using it as an opportunity to consider whether you actually want to proceed in your career in the law. Maybe you're going to go overseas and not necessarily practice law the whole time or do a six-month contract and then spend six months traveling and getting your head together. And maybe you're thinking about other opportunities. Maybe you're considering other options in your life. So that is an opportunity to do that as well. You can make some good money. You can put some aside and you can use the rest for travel. So there are options there available to you. But don't wear rose-colored glasses by telling yourself that... You will go overseas and you will carry on in the same seniority that you had when you were here because you won't. And I don't want you to kid yourself into thinking that you're going to walk back into a job. Let's say you went at two years, you get another two years experience overseas. You won't be treated as a four-year post-admission lawyer because you won't have the requisite experience to actually be a four-year post-admission lawyer. There are some exceptions. If you're in a particular area that's well transferable, you've developed some good contacts and expertise and you have a reputation then you might be able to walk into a job with the seniority that you actually have. But you shouldn't assume that you're going to because if you do, you've got a pretty good chance of being disappointed. You might have the privilege of doing it, but think of it as that. You should assume that you will come back essentially at the same level that you left. Now, if you make that assumption, the question is, are you still prepared to go? If you go and you come back essentially on the same salary that you had, for example, maybe a little more, Maybe it's gone up from CPI, maybe it's gone up because they'll give you a head nod for the fact that you have that additional experience in a legal career at all. But what if it doesn't go up to be comparable with your peers? Can you live with that? Can you live with having five years post-admission but being paid as a third year? Can you live with having to relearn a lot of what you've unlearned while you've been overseas? Can you live having to develop new contacts, reinvigorate old contacts? Can you live with having to build relationships that other people around you have got two years head start on you for? So those are the considerations I think you need to be taking into account. My view, why not go? Um, If you've got an opportunity to go, if you've got the flexibility to go, it's it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to travel the world, but also to have some uh, financial backing to do it. So you can perhaps do it in a little bit more comfort than... uh, than the old backpackers method of traveling around the world. So if you can find a central hub that will give you an opportunity to explore other cultures, to uh, have a bit of extra opportunity and contacts and networking internationally, and certainly just to develop and broaden your perspective on life, the universe and everything, then why not do it? Um, But be realistic about what you should expect when you return. And that's really the caveat, I think, that a lot of people kid themselves into thinking that they're doing wonders for their Australian career by going overseas or vice versa, because I think the reality is that you don't. 
And I think you need to expect that you will come back essentially at the same level that you were as you left and anything else is uh, cream on top. So that's my thoughts on overseas travel. Bit of a shorter podcast today. I just wanted to cover off on that topic, give a few uh, thoughts for you. So I guess the question for you and let me know in the comments uh, at the show notes, which is tip, tipsforlawyers.com slash podcast slash 17. I said that pretty clearly, I thought. Um, let me know in the comments, are you thinking of going overseas? Where are you thinking of going? If you are overseas, have you ever thought about coming to Australia or did you look at the salaries for lawyers and uh, get scared off for that? So uh, tell me where you're thinking of going uh, and let me know why as well. It's always interesting to figure out where people are going. For what it's worth, I was looking at going to Jersey or Guernsey, um, two islands off the UK. So uh, that's what I was thinking. What about you guys? Let me know. This is Chris from Tips for Lawyers and I shall see you next time.